0: Welcome to things leaders do the podcast that uncovers the secrets of becoming an extraordinary leader. If you're a leader who's constantly seeking growth, inspiration and tangible ways to level up your leadership, then you've come to the right place. Remember, the world needs exceptional leaders and that leader is you. Now, here's your host Colby Morris. Welcome to the TLD podcast. I'm your host Colby Morris. This is a uh, a weekly podcast that's dedicated to leaders like you, uh, those who are working to be a, a better leader, those who who need actionable tools and advice so they can implement today. Today's podcast will be the first of maybe two or or three podcasts to cover today's topic. Over on LinkedIn, I tend to speak quite a bit about culture and the link between leadership and the culture it creates. I've had the joy of working with leaders who helped create a high level of accountability and celebration, which led to an amazing culture. And I've walked in where the culture was dominated by fear, doubt, distrust. The difference between them is actually tangible. Think about that. Have you had the opportunity to work somewhere that just had an incredibly developed and comfortable culture? For those of you who have not, I'm sorry. For those of you who have experienced the other kind of culture where it is driven by fear and distrust, I'm sorry as well. The good news is that you can start to make change where you are, whether whether you believe that or not. And we'll go into that today now, believe it or not, I've had executives ask me if culture is really that important when compared to the other issues in an organization. It is in fact, it should be at the top of the list if If I made a wish list for a company, a healthy culture would be the first thing I would look for because a that's somewhere where I'd want to work, and b that culture will lead to the results that the company is aiming for. In a recent study, 94% of executives said they believe that a distinct corporate culture is vital to business success. I don't know what the other 6% were thinking. You're thinking, okay, Colby, but what about the employees? Actually, 88% of the employees surveyed said the exact same thing. So, 94% of executives and 88% of employees. Does that tell you anything? So, what is this thing called culture? Well, I looked it up for you so we could define it. And I use Forbes because we're talking about workplace culture. Forbes defines culture as the shared values, belief systems, attitudes, and the set of assumptions that people in a workplace share. But that doesn't just happen. You don't hire a bunch of people and suddenly you have this amazing culture. You have to be much more intentional about it. Yes, intentional. There are things you you can do to build the culture. But before we go there, what are the benefits of building this culture? Well, for one, you attract and retain employees. The better your employees rate your company's culture, the lower the chance they're going to leave. In fact, your new hires, your your new employees, they will connect with both the business and their role faster if they're immersed in a culture that speaks to their values from day one. That's pretty powerful. Why is that? Because employees are engaged. When you have engaged employees and leaders, things can't help but get better. Some of those benefits that I was talking about are, are the following. Leaders who become committed to making it a great place to work. Leaders are trusted to set the right course. Leaders and employees believe in their future success. Success. Employees comprehend how they fit into the organization and its future plans, and leaders value people as the most important resource. Those are some pretty amazing results. So how do you get there? Well, part of that depends on where you are in the organization. There are two areas where leaders tend to focus. The first is what Stephen Covey calls the circle of concern. That's the overall whole of the organization. It's where executives tend to focus because their sites are on the bigger picture, the whole organization. The second place is what Covey calls the circle of influence. This is where middle management, such as directors, VPs, regionals, and so on, that's where they tend to focus. This is their immediate scope of influence. It is the particular office or a particular team or a, a specific location, whatever they're responsible for. It's their immediate circle of influence. By the way, if you want to read more about that, it's in Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Now, there are four disciplines that you will focus on with them, and it will help you build the culture that you want to create. Now, we're going to break this up again into a couple of different podcasts, uh, but we'll cover most of uh, the first one today. The first is to build a cohesive leadership team. Build a cohesive leadership team. Now, this is from uh, Patrick Lencioni's work. If you haven't read anything from Patrick Patrick Lencioni, you need to get that on your reading list or audio book list, whatever it is. So, to build a cohesive leadership team, there are three steps. The first, number one, leadership must be totally aligned at the top. As a group, you and your top leaders must be aligned with what is important. Number two, leadership must create organizational clarity. Now, that may seem like an oxymoron to you when I say organizational clarity. But in essence, it means that there must be clarity around what we do and why it's important. This means that the messaging that the company sends out, that's in alignment with the mission and the vision. There should be clarity in everything that the company does. And number three, you have what Lincioni calls the six critical questions. And a cohesive leadership team must be completely aligned with the answers to these critical questions. So here are the six questions, and we're going to call these your your playbook. Number one, why do we exist? Or maybe what is our purpose? Number two, how do we behave? Once defined, you should not hire anyone outside of this definition. Number three, what do we do? Number four, how will we succeed? This is strategy. How will we make intentional decisions to make sure we succeed? Number five, what is most important right now? This will depend on the season you're in. Okay. And it it will be your rallying cry for three to 12 months. Again, it's what's important right now could be your sales goal. It could be revenue. It could be reducing turnover, but it's what's important right now. And without clear priorities, there's just too many things. And when you focus on too many things, that causes a deviation towards mediocrity. And then number six, who must do what? Do we really understand the roles and responsibilities on the team? Who must do what to make sure we succeed? Again, to have a cohesive leadership team, your team must, and I mean must, be aligned on the answers to these questions. There are also five behaviors that a cohesive leadership team must master. Okay, so five behaviors. The first is trust. The leadership team must trust one another. They have to be vulnerable with each other about just being completely honest about strengths and weaknesses. By building trust, it puts you in a position to embrace that next behavior, which may actually seem counterintuitive. The second is conflict. See, I told you, counterintuitive. Good, healthy conflict is a sign of a great team. The team, you have to be able to argue, but because they trust each other, they know it's in the pursuit of the truth. It's for what's best. See, a disagreement doesn't mean opposite direction. It means there are just different viewpoints of how you're going to get there. Okay, then that conflict allows you to get to the next step, which is commitment. This is what allows people to walk away from the discussion knowing everyone is truly bought in. They are committed, which is actually the next step. Now, because they know their peers are committed, they have the courage to hold each other accountable. Accountability is that next step. Committed teams hold each other accountable for what they committed to doing. Then that accountability leads them to focusing on what? Results, which is the fifth behavior. Rather than the the needs of the department, they're committed to the collective results of the team. Okay. So, again, that was actually just one of the four disciplines that I'll be covering over the next few episodes. I need you to do me a favor. If you find value in what I'm giving, would you take a minute, just take a screenshot and share it on your social media? Let people know about the show or what you're listening to, or maybe even just share the show with other leaders that could benefit from this information. I truly want to keep bringing you actionable items that you can start today. And I believe that's what you're going to find here. Also, if you'd rate and review the show on your podcast platform you're using, that would be Awesome. Uh, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, whatever it is, please help me out. Don't forget, you can also connect with me on uh, LinkedIn. You can connect with me on Instagram. Uh, Things leaders do—they're on Instagram. Uh, you can send me messages there or on LinkedIn, whatever you like. Um, but again, I want to thank you for being here today. Culture is so important to everything you're going to try to accomplish at work. And in the next ep- uh, couple episodes, we'll talk more about how to do that. Keep working on your culture. Okay? It's so important because that's what leaders do. Thank you for listening to Things Leaders Do. If you're looking for more tips on how to be a better leader, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and listen to next week's episode. Until next time, keep working on being a better leader by doing the things that leaders do.